What's up, witches, and welcome to Witch Space. I'm Gemini. And I'm Scorpio. And today, well, we're talking about Espiritismo Part 2. Because last year, we had a book about Puerto Rican Espiritismo. And I had mentioned during that podcast that, hey, yes, I'm Puerto Rican, but not that kind of Espiritismo. So this is, I guess, me talking about it. I'm very excited. I think it's been a long time coming to have this conversation on the podcast. And so I guess let's dive right in with how do you describe Espiritismo, your Espiritismo, to someone who has never heard of it or participated in it? So I guess I'm going to go to how my parents would describe it which is, it's a philosophy, it's not a religion. It is something that you have to know. In other words, when you start studying it, if things don't ring true, then you don't have to accept it. It's not dogma for you to adopt. It is information for you to take in and think about and synthesize and then see if it resonates with you. I guess that's that's. I'm trying to think of that's not really telling you anything. So it is the understanding that we are spirits in the material world, not just a song that stings things. (laughs) (laughs) And that basically we are one family on this planet and we are meant to eventually Eventually, we're supposed to be living as a family, not as warring nations against against each other. And eventually, we will progress to another planet and just keep advancing. So it's kind of like this philosophy of reincarnation, of our role with each other, our role with the planet, and all that other stuff. So, and like I had mentioned, year one, oh my God, that if you've picked up, which I didn't realize when we recorded it, that it has now been, I don't think you can get it anymore, The Witch's Bible Complete by Janet and Stuart Farrar. If you know the philosophy section of that book, that's part of Espiritismo. So, yeah. That's, first of all, I just really like the description of like, it's for you to know, right? This idea of like, if it doesn't ring true, you don't have to accept it. Because I do think, especially like, coming from a Catholic background, there's a lot of pressure in some religions to simply accept what is told to you. So that's like a really interesting difference. And I guess my, I have a lot of questions. (laughs) So we're just going to go on a journey together. Okay. Um, Year one, you also talked about how reading the witch's Bible complete kind of made you realize like, I want to do Wicca because it resonates so much with what I was already learning. Do you see this idea of like to know rather than to accept as part of witchcraft practice in general? Or was that something that because of Espiritismo, you were more drawn to? I think it's because of Espiritismo I was more drawn to. Um, The fact that witches don't follow one particular belief system. And when and again, you know, the Ferraris were going at it, at this from one approach. But the more I read, the more I realized Espiritismo wasn't the only place that had these philosophies. And 
the idea of, because there's no connection to the earth, there's no ritual in Espiritismo. Mm -hmm. So for me, Wicca complemented it, even though I was like, okay, I can't be Wiccan and Espiritista, I, but at least they don't contradict each other. You know, I didn't mm -hmm. have to give up one to be the other. And that's why I think I gravitated. And it wasn't until, you know, after years of practice that I realized, wait, I'm, I'm combining them anyway. Like, mm -hmm. I know I say I'm not, but they really are together. And I don't, when I do things, when I was Wiccan, when I was purely Wiccan and I was doing things, I would think to myself, okay, like, I know there's another way to do this. Like, should I do it a different way? Like my mother says, like, you don't need any of that stuff. You can just concentrate and meditate and do all that and manifest. And, and I'm like, I get that. I said, but I kind of need all my stuff. So mm -hmm. sometimes I would sit and think, do I need this stuff? Do I need that stuff? You know? Um, yeah. If there is no ritual or magical practice in Espiritismo, what are sort of the tenets? How do you, how do you do it? Okay. So it's a lot of studying and it's about going to, I mean, it's, it is about community. So there are places that you go to are called escuelitas, little schools. They're not schools, but you know, Thursday is a day of study. So if you were studying Espiritismo, there are books. And I'm going to talk about the founder of Espiritismo, the Espiritismo I'm talking about. And, um, you would go and you would study. And then Sunday is the day of, I guess, gathering where mm -hmm. it's more informal. So if you don't know anything about Espiritismo, you can still come. So it really is about discussing the books, kind of doing a deep dive like what we do, but in community. And then, of course, you have the mediums and the mediums take possession. They kind of become, I guess we would call them oracles. Mm -hmm. They make room because we just finished talking about the Morrigan and how oracles for the Morrigan, like the whole idea of like, you have to know how to do it because you're still in there and they don't have a right to do anything with your body, right? Whether mm -hmm. any part of the Morrigan has any right to do anything with your body that you don't agree to the same thing with Espiritismo. If somebody has passed on or anybody and they want to come through, there are rules to how you enter someone's body. It's not your body. It's somebody who is allowing you to speak. So there's also that, and the purpose of the mediums really are for people, whether they be, we call them spirit guides, right? If they want to come in and talk to somebody, they want to talk to us like in general, mm -hmm. right? Um, or whether there's somebody particular to you, somebody who has passed on. The last time I was in Escuelita, my father came through, right? Did I mention this in the podcast? I feel like I've talked about oh, it. But you have definitely in, I think, previous seasons talked about the mediumship process. And I think possibly your father too. I would love if you would share that again, as much as you're willing on this episode for people who haven't heard it before. Sure. So I was in Puerto Rico and one of my uncles, which, I mean, I've mentioned this, my family in Puerto Rico, my father's side of the family, a um, lot of mediums in different senses. Right. And he was there and he wound up coming through his brother. So it was emotional for my dad because he was seeing me and my mom. It was emotional for my uncle because he knew it was his brother mm -hmm. coming through. So my uncle started to cry. They had to ask my dad to just leave. So we didn't really get a chance to talk to him. Like it just became very emotional and it was going to hurt my uncle. And my obviously my father didn't want to do that, but it was going to be emotionally hurtful for my dad. It was going to be physically and emotionally hurtful for, you know, his brother. And, you know, like if I could say anything to him, it'd be like, 
wrong choice. There were other <laughs> mediums there, you know, yeah. but maybe he wasn't really meant to talk to us. You know, I don't know. So go ahead. Can you, and, and I want to say, I want to ask this question in a certain way, because I would love for you to give us a glimpse into what Sunday might look like mm-hmm. at the Esquilita, but also I kind of want to know from the perspective of like younger Scorpio, like, mm-hmm. like what did it feel like growing up surrounded by this? So I was real little when we started going and there would be a children's room where all the kids would go kind of play and you had like different adults that would come in and, you know, watch during the conversations when the mediums started taking possession, that's when we would be allowed out. Mm-hmm. And I just remember because all these people are kind of like in meditation. So their eyes are closed and they're sitting. And, you know, there is like a leader, I guess, like a, like the mm-hmm. teacher, right? Like discussing. And all of a sudden you would hear a deep breath and like, and everybody, the guy would stop talking or the woman, whoever was leading and look over. And I would be like, here it goes. Mm-hmm. Like I would be so excited at that point because even as a little kid, I wasn't really sure what was going on. Like my mother explained it to me, but it was still, to me, that was, that was the magic because I didn't know what was going to come out. I will say this. Somebody threatened to strangle me in one of them. As a child? No, I was a teenager. That tracks. Um, <laughs> girl. You were a ball buster. I don't know what I did to this person, but they wanted to strangle me and they retired them. I mean, I shouldn't say, reti- is that the right word? I, I'm translated from Spanish. So retiraron. They removed them. Mm-hmm. Um, they like told them they had to leave and they left the medium. But that was just kind of like, well, that was interesting. What did I do to somebody? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So that was the thing. But so as a child, I just remember, just remember going to have fun. It just felt like a nice environment. I played with all the kids there and the mediums were just spooky, crazy fun for me. Mm-hmm. And then they started having kids classes where they kind of broke things down for us. And that was okay, but I would much rather hear my father talk or my mother talk mm-hmm. um, or my grandfather talk in Puerto Rico. So my parents wanted me to go because I was seeing things like I was, I would see my grandfather. I would see different people coming to the house and my father called my grandfather once and he's like, you have to stop coming to the house. And he's like, well, you have to bring my granddaughter to me. Like he didn't even deny it. He was like, you haven't brought her. And my father's like, she's too little. And he's like, well, then I'm not going to keep coming. He goes, okay, this summer, will you stop? And then he did. Mm -hmm. That's how I recognized him because we didn't have any pictures of my grandfather. But since he used to come visit me, my mom said, when we got out of the car, I ran right to him and I was yelling that he was, he was the white man. My grandfather was very pale and had white, white hair. Mm-hmm. So he, I just described him as the white man to people. So I said to my mother, there's the white man, there's my friend. And I ran over and then they were like, he's not your friend, he's your grandfather. And I was like, okay. <laughs> he could be both. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what it was like. So it wasn't, when I say it was spooky, I don't mean that I was scared. I was just like, ooh. Well, yeah, and you this? love spooky shit. So like yeah, spooky for you is a compliment. Yeah. So that's so that's what it's like. So if you go in on a Sunday, everyone is super friendly. Um, you know, they'll ask you, like, how did you hear about it? You know, and all that stuff. And then do you have any questions? And then you're just gonna heart start hearing people talk. And 
I don't want to say it's like a sermon, but it is in the sense that from what I understand, sermons, you know, they choose a topic and they talk about it. So yeah. this would kind of be the same, right? Like they'll talk about some sort, some part of the philosophy from one of the books on a Sunday, right? But you didn't, you didn't have to have read it. On a Thursday, you would, right? They choose a book, they're going through different chapters and you have to have read it so you can go deep into it and talk about it. But on Sunday, it would kind of be like, okay, so let's just talk about reincarnation just to choose a topic. Yeah. Right. How do we become reincarnated? Blah, 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 blah. What do you think? And then it's just kind of like light conversation and people hang out afterwards and they'll have coffee. So I want to talk a little bit about this idea of study, because this is something we talk about all the time, right? Do the work, read the books, sit with the material, et cetera. And to have it baked into your practice of like, okay, on Thursdays, you're reading, you're studying, you're learning. I think this might be a great opportunity to talk a little bit about what kind of texts you were reading, where the texts are coming from, why reading was so essential to this practice in the first place. Okay, so all the books were written by a man called Joaquin Trincado Mateo. He was born in Navarra, Spain in 1866. And from what my mom tells me, he was like him and who was the guy from the Espiritismo book? I don't remember his name. <laughs> well, supposedly they were around around the same time. Okay. Okay. So he wrote about a bunch of books. The Probably the big book is Conocete a Ti Mismo. And yeah, everything is in Spanish, which is Know Yourself. Mm -hmm. Now I have seen for people who are like, oh, can I pick up a copy? I did look for it in English. I found a copy online. I don't know if it was Amazon or whatever. The translation is horrendous. Like I, I cannot, I just can't recommend the book. Mm -hmm. If you speak Spanish and you can find it, I would, I mean, if you read Spanish, I do recommend it. But trust me when I say, like, I'm not trying to be a gatekeeper. If you want to get the book, you can. It's awful. And what makes it awful is they're trying to translate things word for word. And when you translate something, you have to give it the nuances mm -hmm. so it makes sense in the other language. And at least the version I saw, and if there's a better one out there, I can post it on Instagram or something because I would be interested in getting it in English in a, in a you know, my copy is very old. It was my grandfather's. So to say that I want to open it up a million times, I really don't. Yeah. So I probably will buy another copy at some point. And if I can get it in English, that'd be kind of cool because then I could share it with you. You can look at it, you know, as witches to talk about it. Yeah. Anyway, so he is the writer of all these books and he's written a bunch of books. I think I had, yeah, here we go. So it's like, all right, this is the way it's translated. Oh, this is weird. The first book that I have written here is Conocete a ti mismo. And then the other ones are in English. And I'm like, what? There is El Cuestionario, which is basically the my this guy asking a spirit guide a bunch of questions about it. Okay. Now, in Espiritismo, we call them um, maestros. Mm -hmm. Okay. Maestros. Espirito maestro. Not like spiritual teacher, but like master, like mm -hmm. master teacher. Okay. Jesus, man, not God, which is a real, I've read that. Um, magnetism in its origin. I'm reading the English translations. Alfaqui Vade Mecum is another book. So he's, I mean, according to the list I have is one, two, three, four, about 15 books. 
Wow. Although, according to this, he wrote 42 works, but only 14 were printed, and I guess one was lost. It's a lot of books. It's a lot of books that he wrote. So um, a little bit more about him, and this is what I think is kind of interesting. So he founded what is called, and he's considered a philosopher, by the way. He's not a prophet. He's not, you know... Um, founded the Magnetical Spiritual School of the Universal Commune, which sounds very weird and hippie-ish, um, but it's not. And he founded it in Argentina. Now, and this is the part that is, I don't know, and maybe on the podcast one day we'll talk about the Kabbalah. But, and the reason I bring that up is that he traveled to East Jerusalem where he was received by the guardians of the school of the Essenes Kabbalah. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. And the whole point was he was supposed to learn and then open schools in Latin America. <laughs> but then he was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to found this other thing, the Escuela Magnetico Espiritual de la Comuna Universal. So my question is, and I don't know if I'm ever going to have an answer, is any of this stuff in the Kabbalah? Like, I have no idea mm -hmm. if these resemble Kabbalah's teachings. I, no clue. Why would you go and learn something? I feel like that's so wrong, too. Like, they open up because mm -hmm. that's really a closed practice. So for them to say, hey, we're going to open this up to you and you go, thanks, psych, and I'm going to go do something else. Like, I just feel like that's kind of messed up. So I really don't know what happened, but it's something like that. Um, what we need is a Sephardic Jew to message us <laughs> like, hey, I'm Jewish and I speak Spanish. Let's chat because obviously I can't read the books because I don't speak Spanish. Right. But that would be and I, you know, I think that's something that we saw when we looked at Crowley and Gardner is the 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 co-opting of Kabbalah and other spiritual practices into Wicca and into the golden dawn and those ideologies, theosophy right. and all of that. So it's, it's the same time period. It makes sense that there would be a Spanish speaking person in that position for Spanish language, spiritual practice. When I was a kid, I would ask my parents, like, as I got older and I'm like, okay, so what do I tell people that I am? And they're like, you're not anything. And I'm like, I can't just not be anything. I'm like, does this resemble anything? I'm nothing. And my father would say, he's like, Kabbalah. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay. And at that point, I didn't even know what that word was. So I'm like, great. Substitute Espiritismo for Kabbalah. I've just said nothing. Washington Heights, who's going to know what the heck that is? You know what I mean? When I was yeah. growing up. Like, you know. Um, but in the first 24 years of him starting to open stuff, 184 branches of this Wow. These more opens up throughout Latin America. That's a lot. It is a lot. And they're still around. And there were some in New York, but the ones that I know about all closed in New York. Mm -hmm. The ones in Puerto Rico are still there. I want to say that they do have one in Spain. And I would like to find out where, especially since he was from Spain. But yeah, it's everywhere. It's not just Puerto Rico. So, you know, no use of saints no use of anything to do with religion. So that is totally out. Is there any like, um, you know, how Buckland or Gardner or somebody had like a list of tenants? Like, are there are there rules or ideology that are like, we all believe this? There is a creator. We all come from the creator, Eloi, God, however you want to put him. 
Mm-hmm. Right. We are composed of spirit, which comes directly from the creator mm-hmm. and soul, alma, which is material. The spirit is in the soul in order to enter the body. You can't have like a pure ray of light to go into the body without the soul to kind of house it. So it's kind of safe in a material form. That's cool. <laughs> it it doesn't sound like anything I've heard before. Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so there's that understanding because I don't want to call it a belief. Mm-hmm. So when you die, your soul has everything that you have done recorded. Everything that you were is there for this life and every other life. You can't remember your other lives because that could make you crazy. Mm -hmm. Right? When you think about it. Yeah. But it's all there. So one of the coolest things, if you want to hear something cool, maybe you've never heard this. I, I remember being a kid hearing this thinking that was fascinating. So you choose your parents. We've heard this before. Mm-hmm. And the moment that you are conceived for like an, maybe less than an, an instant, the souls of your father, your mother, and you kind of get together and then break apart again. Like the three of you become one and break apart. So we do know that in a sense, you break apart your DNA to fuse your DNA, right? The egg, the sperm, you're fusing uh-huh. the DNA and something else is being created from it. It's not you. It's not your spouse. It's this other, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not just on a molecular level. It's on a spiritual level too. Because by the souls doing that at some point, remember what we said, we're family. We all become family because we all do have a piece of each other because this body is going to leave, right? Uh-huh. This body is going to die, right? But when you go to the next life, you have that essence still of that, of your brother, because when we all die, we're all brothers and sisters. We have no gender. We're all genders. So I don't even know what gender to use, <laughs> Siblings. Right? Siblings. There we go. We're all siblings. So siblings, if you think about right? You have a sister, you have a brother, you share something, right? Yeah. But when you die, that's gone. No, it isn't. You will be siblings, but this goes beyond that. You will have that connection to your parents forever too, which is why when you said you read my chart once and that, I think we've talked about this on the podcast that I was here to be with my mom, mm-hmm. to make a connection with my mom. And supposedly, and we found this on the Escuelita, I had known my dad in another life, but not my mom. I specifically came to Mm -hmm. join with my mom. So when you said that, I was like, I knew that as a kid. So it was just really cool that it was in my chart that our relationship was going to be that important because it was the first time we were going to have a relationship. So that's something else we know. I mean, it's a bunch of different things, but as far as tenants, you know, what you do will come back to you. I know witches say threefold. Espiritistas don't say that. They just say everything you do is going to have a reaction. Mm -hmm. So choose what you do because you're not hurting another person when you hurt somebody. You're hurting your family, right? So you're going to get hurt as well. So there's that belief, the belief of reincarnation. I'm trying to think of anything else. And the same idea that you choose what you want to do in this life and no one's going to punish you 
if you didn't do it. If you said you were going to be a nurse and you became a teacher, okay, so when you die, do you still want to be a nurse? You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, is that something you're going to accomplish in the next life? However, if you kill somebody, you owe that life. You know, that you have to give them life. So, you know, you, yeah. Huh. You owe them that life that you cut short. So things like that, you know, um, things like twins. It's believed that identical twins were enemies in a past life. And the whole point is you have to get to get, get you have to get along. So now you look just like this person. You are, and if you were really horrible to each other, you're conjoined twins. Now you depend on each other for life. So a lot of the things that you see are, and I'm not going to say they're punishments, but it's your karma coming back. Uh-huh. Right? So when you see somebody, you know, in a certain way, it, it could be that they have, they owe that. Huh. So it's a lot of different beliefs in Espiritismo that like, I don't know. I don't know what else you want to know. I could, I could just talk about different beliefs. But as far as tenants, you know, basically just, you know, respect people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's nothing you have to do. Like, they're not going to kick you out of being an Espiritista because you don't. I mean, I don't go to the Escuelita. Since I moved out of the city, I don't even know where there is one. So I can't go. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's not like, but it's not like you have to do things, but you, you should study and get to know. And again, the book, Conocete a Ti Mismo, know yourself. Mm -hmm. Know exactly when you say who I am. Who are you? What are you? Right? Does this make sense? So much. And it's so interesting. And I don't, uh, oh, hold on. My brain is processing so much information. <laughs> um, I'm going to leave that in. Everybody can hear me <laughs> be a Looney Tune. On the one hand, I always want our episodes to be like as informative for the audience as possible. So on the one hand, I want to be like, just tell me everything. Just tell me everything. On the other hand, I think there's something so beautiful and so unique in the witch adjacent community about having something like this from childhood about having your parents be the people who are teaching you this information because for a lot of us we are converts we are coming to these practices to spirituality as a concept with nothing with no one to guide us and i guess like tell me everything but also tell me how how does how did having a guide feel like what was the relationship between you and your parents in the context of espiritismo i mean it was really nice because we would sit together and talk about stuff even when i was a little kid i couldn't understand the books because i mean obviously you give a kid a, a deep book they're gonna be yeah. like what the heck is going on but you know they would find little texts or read me the text and ask me questions. So what was it like? It was awesome to be able to have that. There was a point in my life where, you know how you guys, you say people converted. Mm -hmm. And there was a point in my life where I went, oh my God, what if this is all bullshit? Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, there's a part of me that was like, 
just like anybody else raised in whatever they were raised mm -hmm. in. What if I've just been brainwashed like a cult type of thing? Yeah. You know? So there was a time in my life where I was like, no, no, nothing. No Wicca, no Espiritismo. I don't want anything to do with anything. I have to really sit with this. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I came back to it is really simple. You have to know it, right? Right. I remember seeing my grandfather. Like, it's not somebody telling me. I remember one time waking up in my bed and feeling that there was somebody underneath me and that I was lying on somebody's chest. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking and seeing him and it was not a dream, girl. It, I was totally awake because I was freaked out. And the white man, as I knew him, went, Shh, it's okay in Spanish. It's okay. Go back to sleep. And I was like, okay. You know what I mean? Like, I remember my brother not being in the house and I like was watching TV and I looked over to a room and I went, because oh, I saw him and mm -hmm. I went, Ma, Ricardo. And before I could say anything, the phone rang and it was him. Mm -hmm. She's like, she saw you. And my he was cackling. Like he, my grandfather and my father taught him how to like, project like astral project mm -hmm. which i can't do my mother's like yes you can <laughs> practice and i'm like i can't practicing sucks i hate practicing it sucks so there was a lot of things that i remember seeing mm -hmm. that i know are not dreams made up or stories people told me so if i go back to that i think all right i don't know if it's a hundred percent true but i know it's not bullshit mm-hmm and I think that's why I, I can feel so confident when people are like, oh, Scorpios, you can't fuck with them. I, I don't know about all Scorpios, but for me, yeah, like I'm not, you can't shake me out of being a witch because I've seen stuff. So yeah. when you live it, then, you know, how can somebody tell you, you know, oh no, they just taught you that. Um, okay. But then I also saw this other stuff and you explain that now. Mm -hmm. Right. So so it was really cool to have them there because, you know, I wasn't the kind of kid that said, I see something and my parents going, no, you don't. I'm mm. going to shut off the light and you're going to be fine. Like, I would say like, um, no, there's somebody here. My mom would go, okay, who do you think it is? Like, how do you feel about it? So I always felt validated if I said, I, I feel something or I see something or I sense something. Mm -hmm. They weren't going to say no to me. Like you're, you're crazy. In fact, I remember when I started to use divination, my father said, here, read me. And I started to do cards and I started to feel really nauseated. And I said, I have to stop. I said, I can't do this. And he goes, oh, you're pretty good then. And I went, what? And all of a sudden I wasn't nauseated anymore. Mm -hmm. said, What'd you do? He goes, I wanted to see if you were really trying to read me. And I said, but I'm reading the car cards, aren't I? And he goes, no. He goes, the cards are meant to get people to focus. Mm -hmm. And then they leave themselves wide open. If you're trying to get inside me and I block you, you're going to feel sick. Here's the thing. I didn't realize I was trying to get inside him. Mm -hmm. I just thought I was trying to read. But I was opening myself up. 
And I guess in opening myself, like now I can sense it when I am reading for somebody, I am reading the cards, but I'm picking up shit that's not in the cards. A hundred percent. And the minute you start telling people, they're like, oh, all that's in there. And you're like, guess it was, you know, in the beginning, you're just like, well, shit. All right. I don't yeah. know. Right. But, um, so it was cool to have that. Like, it wasn't even like I had to hide this stuff from my parents, you know? The only thing my mother was like, well, you got to call yourself a witch, you know? She yeah. thinks that's, you know, crazy. But, but no, so it was, it was really nice that I didn't have to hide any part of myself, really. I'm only a little bit jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, I like, I, there's something really nice about listening to you tell these stories. You know, sometimes we come into an interview and I'm like, I have a list of questions and I would like to check the boxes. But this, it, I understand. I, when we planned out, when we planned out the schedule, we had, we weren't sure if we were interviewing Marion at what time. And we knew we wanted to do a spiritismo. So we put a spiritismo in and eventually moved some stuff around. And then Marion's interview was February 9th. And I remember asking you, do you want to move a spiritismo and do something like related to the Salem witch trials? Because that felt like it was relevant to the book. And now that we're doing this, I'm like, oh no, this was exactly what we needed to do because it's not, it's not so much about like, hey guys, this is how you do a spiritismo so much as it is telling your story. Oh, I didn't even think about it that way. Hmm. Because realistically- a lot of the people who are listening to this podcast are not going to be able to do a spiritismo. You cannot come to this podcast and be like, I'm going to go do a spiritismo now. Like if you live in America, go find an Escuelita because we, we don't know where they are. If then, you don't speak Spanish, how are you going to read the books? Yeah. Spanish is a big factor. In fact, part of what he also wanted to do was not just, I mean, he wanted to open up these schools, but it was a way to unite Latin America. And that was part of his goal. Mm-hmm. which is why he wanted to go to so many countries was really to unite. So, yeah. So, I mean, so here's something that maybe people don't know. So I said there's no religion, but Jesus, that's one of the books, right? Man and not God. Mm-hmm. Jesus is an interesting figure in Espiritismo because we have different like master teachers, master spirits, they are ahead of us. Mm-hmm. In other words, they have been where we are and another planet. Right. And then they just keep advancing. So mm-hmm. at some point, according to Joaquin Trincado, you get to a point where you become a master spirit. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? That means that you can be in charge of different things on another planet. Like, be in charge of all the dogs, be in charge of, you know, roses that grow or there are other plants. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? You'd be in charge of the insects. Like it's almost like you get to grad school and you get to specialize and then Mm -hmm. you get to do whatever. So it's kind of stuff like that where you don't need to be reincarnated over and over again. One of the points of being reincarnated is to experience life to be all things in life. We have all been paupers. We have all been royalty. We have all been everything. Mm -hmm. That's the whole point, which unfortunately also means, and people don't want to hear this, having every single disease that's on the planet until science can cure it. Mm -hmm. Because every, every disease we have has a cure and every cure is on this planet. 
So there's nothing that we can't cure and we can't do. In fact, at some point, we should be able to prove the presence of a spirit, of a soul, and of God. And how we're going to get through there, get, get there, is not through religion. It's going to be through the sciences. You're going to be able to prove it mathematically, scientifically, what these things are. So it's not so much a woo-woo man <laughs> up in the clouds as much as it is I'm, I'm rubbing my fingers together because I'm trying to figure out like how to say it because it's not an equation. I don't want to make it sound basic like an equation. No, like a fundamental natural particle almost. There you go. Yes. So this is this is a uh, this is from the books. This is from yeah yeah okay. That when we are ready, because let's face it, there was a time when we could never think about having computers, and yeah. then man figured it out. You know. I remember reading the philosophers in college and I don't know if it was Socrates. I'm probably wrong, but I, I want to say Socrates saying that reincarnation makes sense because all these animals evolved, right? Mm -hmm. But none of them made, well, they didn't have cars, but none of them made language mm -hmm. and writing utensils and, 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 and people always say, oh, every generation is smarter. Well, why is that? How many times can you take math, algebra, before you go, yeah, I got this. Give me something else, right? Your mm -hmm. body needs to learn language. Your body needs to learn math. Your spirit's done it a bunch of times, which is why we're able to progress. Humans are able to evolve and progress because on some fundamental level, we've done it. Now we have to just remember how to do it. And now we can jump off of that, which is why schools should be changing to accommodate that mm -hmm. because kids are coming back. They've been around for a bit. So I don't know where I was going with this, but yeah, basically science, math, the arts, right? All of this touches upon things that we need, not just humanity to live, but to feed our souls, mm -hmm. you know? And at some point we'll get there. When, uh -huh. when we're ready, we'll we'll get there. We'll be able to solve this, which is why when people are like, oh, nobody can prove there's a God. I'm like, not yet. We're looking in the wrong way. We're looking through spiritual texts. He's not there. So on the one hand, I was talking to my students today about muscle memory and how it is quite literally your body knowing how to do things. And um, if you've looked into research about like the flow state, that's kind of this idea of like allowing your mind to sort of shut up and your body to do things. Mm -hmm. And that's why people who are really good at sports, right? The, the muscle memory is what helps them because they're, then their mind is free mm -hmm. to like analyze the field or the ice or right. the pitch or whatever. Um, and that I think is kind of this, it's like spiritual muscle memory, almost this mm -hmm. like, like spiritual memory. You're, if you allow your spirit to remember things, then you can let your brain get out of the way. I am so intrigued by this idea of like, we will be able to prove God exists. There's a, there's a fun, there's a whole worldview baked into this that I think is unique and interesting. I also, you <laughs> tell me if you don't want me to talk about this. I don't know what you're going to say. It also is reminding me of like Mormonism. Oh my God, is it? Yeah, because <laughs> freaking me out. 
Mormons, I, I read, and I know that somebody's going to listen to this and be like, that's not how Mormonism works. But I read a description of like Mormon beliefs from Brandon Sanderson, who's a famous fantasy author. And he basically is like, oh yeah, in Mormon beliefs, once, like when you die, if you are good enough, you get a planet or then responsible for the planet. Well, it's not if you're good enough. You have to work as a team. The family progresses together or it doesn't progress. Well, I'm sure, I think yeah. Mormonism is probably like it's not different. as- <laughs> not as chill i i forgot i was there was a point to this i started with jesus the yes. whole point is um jesus is like a master spirit to this planet right so jesus was a person jesus did come to try to like a prophet like somebody trying mm -hmm. to help humanity so in his spiritismo he's seen as a master as a guide he wasn't the son of God. He we're all the children of God. So, but he is a master spirit. So it was Mary, right? His mom and a bunch of other people, you know, that have come and gone. Like, you know, um, mm -hmm. the Buddha was a master spirit, right? Saying the exact same types of things. So these are people that just get reincarnated over and over again. Hopefully, you know, we get it right. And then we don't, I don't know why they keep trying. I would just give up on us at this point, but you know, it's it's like the Buddhist idea of the bodhisattva, which is like the the spirit, the the person who could reach nirvana, but instead stays to support the the growth of the other people, right? Sort of behind them. Exactly. Damn, it really sucks that I don't read Spanish. See, this is why everybody needs to know Spanish, because that it would be so cool to be able to be like, hey we read the books let's talk about it i know i'll keep looking if, mm -hmm. I, if i can find a good copy an english copy that makes sense i'm telling you girl the thing i saw was like i wouldn't give that to somebody i hated to read like it's just yeah i wouldn't give that to prisoners like it's just it's horrible mm -hmm. what and i i hate to do this to you because it is i think difficult what is like the one thing that you want people to know about espiritismo i don't know um if you can read the books if you are a witch and or witch adjacent and you read spanish it'll give you a lot to think about mm-hmm do I agree with everything that I've read? I keep telling my mother, I got to speak to the manager on this one because <laughs> I say no. Mm -hmm. I say this is wrong. And I don't say that it's wrong. I think that it's quite possible. Again, supposedly how he wrote these books was that he was, I don't want to say in a trance, but that he was definitely helped. He was getting like information. Like a download. Like a download. And, you know, I don't know if maybe some of his culture or whatever was influencing. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because there are some things where I'm like, this is wrong. I said, based on looking at other parts of the text and then reading other things, and I don't want to go into what is wrong because I'm not want to open that can of worms, but I just don't think that some things like really make sense. Mm -hmm. So even in Spanish, there are going to be things where we're going to go, okay, this is totally crazy. Like, no. Right. Maybe not totally crazy, but I'm saying these are just things I can't agree with. And then there are other things that I'm like, yeah, I could totally agree with this. So if you can read in Spanish, I recommend it just to give you another perspective. Right. Yeah. If you have listened to the podcast and you've read the Buddhism book that we have, that we, we, we um, 
we talked about. If you read any of them and you're like, this was kind of cool, I'm not going to follow it, but I think this was kind of interesting. I think that his books go in the same category. Mm -hmm. And if you are listening to us from a Latin American country, because you, you know, you speak English, obviously, and you're listening to us, get the books and let me know. Yeah. Let me know if you've read anything and what you think. And, you know, that could be really cool. And this is going to sound crazy because I know we said we would never do this. But if you're in Latin America and you're listening to this and you do have these books, are you going to get them? I would even open up my Facebook so that we could have conversations with as a group. Because mm -hmm. I would love to talk to people and see what they think about certain chapters. Because again, I don't have an escuelita. So anybody wants to do an online escuelita, man, like I'm there. I think that'd be really cool. So what do I want people to know? I think even if you don't speak Spanish, or you don't read Spanish. I think it's good to have a foundation in something mm -hmm. that's not religious, that's not a practice necessarily to help you figure out what you want in your practice as a witch. Right? Like yeah. even when I kept them separate, I knew for me there was like certain lines I wasn't going to go into because to me it was just bullshit and I wasn't going to do it. So I think having a foundation is essential. Who are you? When it comes to core spiritual beliefs or thoughts, who are you? Like, mm -hmm. I am fundamentally somebody who believes what you do will come back to you. What you do in earnest. In other words, I'm going to be good, but I hate everybody is bullshit. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's not your actions. It's the intent and the action together. So I'm somebody who fundamentally believes that people can tell me, oh, no, you know, the threefold. I'm all right. You don't have to believe it. I fundamentally think that's a thing. I fundamentally, I absolutely think that reincarnation is a thing. I came, okay, so here's something. My, was it my parents or just my father? I think it was just my father and the escuelita. And I came through in a medium. No, it was before he even got married to my mom. And I told him, he's going to get married. And he's going to have a daughter. And it was going to be me. Like, I, I told him all this. And he... You know, he met my mom and when she got pregnant, he's like, we're going to have a girl because, and by this point, my mother had already converted. I mean, converted. It's not a religion, but I don't know how else mm -hmm. to say it. So, so she knew. And what was funny was that he said to her, well, since we know each other, we're probably going to have a really strong bond, which I did have a strong bond with my dad. But my mom said, no, I'm going to make it a point to make sure this kid is like about me. Mm-hmm. So without even knowing that, but then like, I, I think I did speak to both of them at one point. Like, so supposedly I came through a couple of times in the Escuelita. So I think just knowing something, just feeling in your bones that you have a core set of beliefs that are outside of your practice, just who are you, I think will help you. So whether it's Espiritismo, whether it's Buddhism, whether it's whatever you want it to be. I think that will help you figure out who you are so that when you go into your practice, you're unshakable. You're still going to make mistakes. I'm not saying I didn't make mistakes, but you know, I'm just like, this is who I am. I'm not, I'm not wondering, you know? Wow. Um, 
I agree completely. Yeah. Uh, do that, guys. <laughs> I'm having a moment. Because, yeah, I think a lot of, and especially coming at this from a raised Catholic perspective, right? A, a converted to witchcraft perspective. A lot of us have to go through the process of like renegotiating our relationship with reality to have it no longer be based on a book that we maybe didn't even really resonate with in the first place. So the idea like, yes, sit, sit with philosophy, sit with theology, figure out what do you believe? And I think sometimes I know for me, sometimes there are things that I default to that I don't want to believe Right. Like some, there are, there are tenets of Catholicism that like I know. And so I'm like, oh, well, yeah, but that's not, I'm not Catholic and I don't want to be Catholic. So especially for those people who are listening, who weren't raised in this kind of idea and who are listening to this for the first time, this can be really helpful for you to not just go in and say, all right, I'm going to be Wiccan. I'm going to convert to this other religion. Okay. Figure out what you believe first figure out what your reality is first and then you can have a faith does that make sense yeah and there is one book that is good in english um i just realized it is the alfaki vademecum mm-hmm. which is translated to the spiritist questionnaire if you are out there and you can find that book that is a good it's a small book. It's not extensive. It just answers some basic questions. But that book absolutely is in good English. Like, mm-hmm. definitely if you see it, pick it up. I do not have any questions after that. I feel like this was incredibly enlightening, both on, like, what is Espiritismo, but also in the way that every episode is now, on the nature of reality itself. <laughs> I'm really glad that I got to talk about this and I'm glad that that I stopped fighting with myself about what is this and what is that. And I think that just comes from, you want to do everything right. You want to do everything justice. Mm-hmm. And there's also this feeling of if I mix it, is it wrong? Is it going to be messing something up somehow? And then you just realize like, I'm doing it anyway. So yeah. Now, now I'm just like, this is like really good that I get to. I don't talk about it. I hope people like this. I hope this wasn't like, you know, just totally boring. No. And of course, if you guys have further questions, if you're like, Gemini, why didn't you ask this thing? Message us. We could do a part three. We could do a Q&A on Instagram. I mean, it really just shoot us a message, shoot us an email. We love making content for you guys. So if you want to know more, ask. And I'm also curious if people know Spanish, but they just, like me, navigate the world mostly in English. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious if if anybody like is going to listen to us in English, but they're probably going to go out and try to get the books in Spanish. I Again, even if we don't wind up doing like a book club, I still would like to know if anybody out there has either heard of this type of Espiritismo, heard of this person. Again, his name is Joaquin Trincado. And I'll put a picture up of him on Instagram when this podcast comes out with his yeah. name and everything so that people can. And I'll even put the English book, the one that I know 
is in English and it's, you know, it makes sense. Awesome. Well, thank you for this. This was nice. Thank you for putting it in the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, thank you to our amazing audience. Thank you for listening to us and for just giving us the opportunity to do whatever we want and to have fun and talk about witchcraft and other spiritual practices on the podcast. Thank you, of course, to Kano and more for our amazing intro and outro music. And remember, if you're following the moons, you're following us. Mm -hmm.